success doesn't ever come if you stop trying to reach it. The basic principle of those who wish to succeed is to be willing to fail. You must take 100% responsibility of everything you experience in life. We learn from our failures. A successful person accepts personal responsibility and takes the creator role in their lives. No one can change our lives but ourselves. We are the master of our own universe. Everything we want in life involves risk. The purpose of planning is not to eliminate risk but to choose the right one. I believe that a successful person has a higher level of self-management and are consistently planning and taking purposeful action in quest of their goal and dreams. They know what it is they want and have a plan or know what steps they need to take in order to achieve them. Today we have such one guest that a lot of people look up to, Mr. Hassan Badar who has achieved some significant milestone during his time at FedEx, the Vice President of Legal, Regulatory and Human Resources at FedEx. And throughout its history, FedEx has been a leader in the transportation and information industry. FedEx Express invented express distribution and is the industry's leader, global leader, providing rapid, reliable and time-defined delivery to more than 220 countries and territories connecting market that comprised more than 90% of the world's gross domestic product within one, or one to three business days. Hassan is a French national with four kids. His journey started out as an intern at the same organization and he has had immensely inspiring journey rising through the ranks. Now handling over 85 countries, Hassan achieved some significant milestone during his time at FedEx. Starting his career at 2005 with FedEx as an intern in his home country, France, he progressed to be one of the best employees and achieved five star, the company's highest award, and that too twice. A natural born leader, Hassan has refined, Hassan has refined his abilities by rolling up his sleeves and taking up every challenge that comes his way. He's a man who leads by example, a bold leader who is not only team player but true professional who can make the hard decision and I'm beyond honored to have him agree to contributing a few minutes of his time to our podcast. So Hasan, tell us something about yourself, your upbringing, childhood and education background. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, um, Dina, for having me today. So I am Hassan. I was born and raised in France the southwest of France in a city called Montauban, which is very close to, uh, to Toulouse, which is uh, very well known for being the headquarter of Airbus. I'm, uh, I'm number six of a um, family of seven. So I have uh, four older sisters, one older brother and one younger brother. I, uh, I studied law uh, in Toulouse University and I specialized in uh, transportation and aviation law. That was really my gateway to, uh, to, uh, to FedEx because I started to enter at FedEx in 2005 for six months, which was followed by a, by a one-year employment contract. And then my one-year employment contract became permanent. 
spent five years for FedEx in Paris, uh, looking after the legal affairs in, in uh, Southern Europe, uh, before moving to Dubai in 2010, for the first person in the legal department in Dubai, created the legal function and the regulatory function for FedEx in the region. In 2013, I, uh, I uh, got promoted to managing director for FedEx in Middle East and, uh, and India. And in 2017, uh, this is where I got my promotion as a vice president for, 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 for legal in uh, India, Middle East and Africa. For the past two years, I also added uh, human resources to my, uh, to my uh, remit and scope. And uh, I've been operating in that manner since yeah, the past two, three years. Just quickly on my uh, nationality, I'm, I'm a dual citizen, French Moroccan, because my parents immigrated from, uh, from Morocco in the late 60s. Morocco being a, a French colony after the Second World War, my parents migrated to France and this is why I was born there. Been now in Dubai for the past 12 years, married with four kids and, uh, and happy to be here. Tell me, if not FedEx, what would be? Well, very good question. Um, if not FedEx, what could be? Again, um, I think if, if I wasn't at FedEx, I would probably be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I would probably be an entrepreneur in, uh, yes, in the, in the legal, compliance, or government affairs field. And, you know, setting up my own business and trying to provide clients with advisory and and support to to get their uh, their legal function, their uh, level of compliance, as well as their uh, regulatory uh, uh, needs uh, um, upscaled or upgraded. Interesting. So you are already sitting on a, such a large organization, and you are sitting on a very crucial position also there which of course required a similar kind of characteristics to have the in, in entrepreneurial skills, right? To lead and to guide and to manage people at the same time grow together. So I have literally very interesting questions for you here because I've got a lot of audience by asking me that, do they want to know that how such organization or how such leader actually find good talent and how they retain that talent. So I will begin with hiring part of it. What do you see when you really want to hire somebody? What are the things or what are the characteristics you are looking into someone before you make a call on them? Yeah, I mean, let, let me start by saying that it's obviously a very good question, but hiring or recruitment is not rocket science. You can do tests, interviews, try to, um, to read between the line of a CV, try to do some behavior or body language reading but at the end of the day, it's not, a, it's not an exact science. You can make good recruitment choices, which I did in my career. You can make bad ones. And, uh, and I wanted to, to put that for the audience that at the end of the day, and you can be wrong as well. Now, this being said, we're not at FedEx, we, uh, we recruit. There are uh, a few things that, that we do. First and foremost, we obviously look at the skills and um, the skills of the, of the candidate 
as well as uh, the job description and requirement for that specific position. So they, they need to be a match set. After that, we do what we call pre-screening. So we check whether or not the person has the capability, the capacity, the expertise that he or she says she has. So that could be online tests, that could be a verification question, that could be a reference check. Once those two parts are done, we go through the, the interview process. In the interview process, what we, uh, what we do at FedEx is we ask what we call behavior questions. That we put uh, candidates in situation, in real situation, and trying to see how they will react to a specific situation, but in a work environment and in a collaborative and, and, uh, and a team environment. And we try to get from there what would be their attitude, what will be their behavior, how will they react, and trying to make then a, a determination of whether the person answered for the specific situation, but also meet and fit or match our company culture. And uh, if I if I may summarize what I just said, when I do my recruitment. I look at attitude. And in terms of attitude, what I look at is, I look at a candidate who is volunteer, who has an energy, who really wants to join the organization. Another thing that I, uh, I try to, to, to look at is, I try to look at a, an individual who, uh, who use common sense. So that's why I, I like to ask, I won't say three key questions, but questions which are not necessarily linked to the profile or to the job. And like, that can be any question. I'd, I'd like to see how the, the candidate will react to a day-to-day -day question or to a day-to-day -day situation. Trying to see how common sense and how, uh, let's say, authentic that person will be. Because at the end of the day, you want to hire someone that you trust, someone that you can rely on someone that you can empower. And this is where attitude, as well as energy, and we can say integrity, play a very, very big role. Again, those skills, those qualities are very difficult to, uh, to read, to obtain, or to agree on an interview, but you have like, tactics, techniques, way to kind of gauge or adjust or kind of uh, guess the level of integrity, the level of common sense, the level of, you know, motivation uh, of, a, of, a, of a candidate. That's such an impressive answer. I think that will help a lot of people. They are looking for a job in such a big organization and this is what people see. And I also say that common sense is really not common anymore, right? And that's what any good employer actually looking for it. And you so rightly summarizes attitude makes a big difference in somebody's career that how they perceive or how they react to many a situation, how hungry they are in terms of to, to grow their own career. And that's what the good employer is looking for. And you so rightly summarizes as well. Now, since you already hired and you talked about a nice hiring process, which is amazing, 
how do you manage to retain good talent? Because yes, this is a common thing as well. When you people come in, get trained and amazing, hungry, ambitious people, retaining them is another great challenge. How do you see that? Yeah, yeah, very good question again. I think to retain people, you or employees or good talents, you need to have the right culture. And what is the right culture? The right culture is the culture where it's safe to speak up. It is safe to make a mistake. And it is, it is safe to say, I don't know. And I think when you have a, a company culture that is safe, the talent will, will grow, will develop, will feel at ease to speak up, to be their own self. So that's also a culture where you are a culture which is sorry very inclusive in, in addition to being safe um, to retain talent at least uh, I'm, I'm talking about my organization and in, in my region we also make sure that our employees our talent have learning as a journey when you keep learning when you break the routine every day when you are being challenged rewarded when when you do something great you are held accountable when you do something less than good. But at the end of the day, you learn from the mistake. You accept other people, drawbacks, shortcomings, uh, area of improvement, and you reward their actions, their integrity, their discretionary performance. I think you have very high chances to retain the talent because people will then have a feeling of belonging. They will have a feeling of growth, development, but also of fairness. I am not a big believer of having the best pay to attract or to retain the best talent. Because if people or talent stay because of the money, they will leave you one day. Because you will always find an employer or an individual who is ready to give more money or who can afford it. And if people stay because of the money, they will go. They will go at some point. I believe that benefits are more important than pay to have a good healthcare system, to have a work-life balance, to provide good, uh, I would say, uh, enjoyment and, uh, and quality, uh, quality uh, work uh, environment where it's important to be serious, it's important to deliver, but it's also important to, to have, a, I would say necessarily fun, but I say, enjoy what you do and have a kind of enjoyment in delivering. And I think that if people grow, develop, are safe, enjoy what they do, time flies, and they won't try to look at all company or try to guess whether the, the grass is green next door or elsewhere. I'm so actually in, in sync with the same answer with yours. I'm so impressed with this. Yes, right. Money cannot actually retain the talent because there's always somebody to pay more and the culture of any organization makes a huge difference. And uh, at the same time, I do remember reading about your interview in a magazine and you mentioned your personal experience with the FedEx and which made you stay there longer. Would you like to share that here? Well, uh, 
Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, to, to a certain extent, I will share it. Uh, it was a long interview, so mindful of time. But yeah, uh, on my interview uh, at FedEx, and, and what at FedEx is, has really been uh, three things. The number one, which I mentioned is, I've been learning from the very first time. I joined the company and I learn every day. But I don't necessarily only learn from my manager. I learn from my peers. I learn from my boys. I learned from my assistant. I learned from everybody that I interact with. And the reason I learn every day, and that's the biggest reason I'm here is because we have a very diverse workforce. You have people coming from different nationalities, different countries, different cultures, uh, very uh, balanced gender, organization, but we also accept and learn from the diversity of thoughts. And and that's something that immediately during the interview and in my first interaction at FedEx, it was okay to think differently. It was okay to have a different view, a different perspective. And that really kind of kept me uh, I would say uh, on my toes, agile, and uh, and always uh, thinking and improving and trying to to achieve more. The last piece that I would say is has been really the the caring value in the company, where uh, your colleagues, your manager, are there for you. They care about you. They care about how you're doing. They care about when you don't you don't do well, and they are here to support. And uh, and that you know you find in your entourage. You know you find that in your neighbors. You find that in your family. But when you find that in a in a work environment. And in a business environment, in a corporate world, this is extremely uncommon, very rare. And I would say that the the inclusiveness of the company, the learning journey, coupled with a with a with the caring and the people people first attitude, is really what kept me uh, at FedEx. What what is keeping me today at FedEx? Engaged, motivated, you know, being uh, ready to rumble every morning when I wake up. Uh, just because, I mean, I know today I'm going to make mistakes, and that's fine. I know today I'm going to learn something, and that's good. I know today it's going to be different, and then I'm curious. That's so, so, so impressive. You're right. You have been learning and seeing, and the, the culture has made a big impact on you too. And that's what kept you there. I think, yes, when we stop learning and we stop growing, right? And I think that applies to not only to you and me, it applies to every single person. The time they stop learning, they stop growing, right? Tell me, since we do have a very dynamic culture here in all UAE, different nationalities working here. So is it ever happened you face some sort of criticism among different nationalities or, or somebody as a leader uh, do also face some sort of criticism? How do the leaders actually 
deal with uh, any any sort of criticism? I criticized other culture and other nationality. I did it myself. So I could not have expected anything in return. I wasn't a leader when I was doing it. I wasn't. I was just, you know, looking at me, myself, and I, instead of looking at everything around me. And yes, I had bias, like I guess everyone. But I was not aware of it. I was just in that, you know, in that cocoon, in that bubble where you believe that because you have a few facts, you're biased, are actually justified or right. My biggest change is when I moved into leadership and when I had to spend a lot of time in a different country with a totally different culture. UAE and Dubai has every culture you can imagine. You have people coming from all over the world. So you will find a way to continue with your own culture because you will find the same food, you will find people speaking the same language, you will find that community that looks like you in Dubai. And that will keep you in your uh, community, in your communitarianism, in your, uh, with your people. Home away from home. Was, <laughs> yes. And, and, and you just do that like naturally. But when, when I became, I, I would say a leader, being humble of calling myself a leader is when I had to spend a lot of time in India. And, um, and the deal was that I would spend 50% of my time in India. In India? So I was, okay. Yes, in 2013. So I was spending uh, two weeks per month in India. So I was going between Mumbai, Delhi, and, and Delhi. And then I read about India. I watched things about India. I had Indian colleagues in Dubai. I liked Indian food. I was a big fan of Bollywood. And because of all of that, I felt like, hey, I know India. I know Indian culture. But I had no idea that knowing the food, knowing the religion, knowing the society from Netflix was totally different than living there and working there. And, and then this is where, for me, that was a big slap in my face where I understood that I knew nothing. And when I understood that to be a leader, you need to listen, but you need to listen to understand, not listen to hear, really listen to understand in order to, uh, to make an impact, in order to respect others and in order to grow. And I, I would say that today when when you have a cosmopolitan culture or community, the way leaders behave, operate, or are successful, that they understand that we are all different. But because we are all different, we are all unique. And, uh, and, and that's where the power comes from. And um, I mean, that's... So Albert Einstein that was saying that everyone is a genius. Everyone, including you and me, believe it or not. And, and that's uniqueness 
who, when it's well uh, developed, when it's well understood, when it's well captured, become a secret weapon, become your competitive advantage. And he was, I think, I think he was saying something along the line that everyone is a genius, but if you, if you assess a fish by his ability to climb a tree, he will live his entire life believing that he is stupid. And, and that's where I basically understood at that time that, hey, the only way I'm going to be bigger, better, and bolder is by learning from people that are totally different than me, by accepting that people are better than me, and by actually using that inspiration and that, I would say, love for the other people, that the person that doesn't look like me, that doesn't talk like me, that doesn't think like me, in my advantage. So it was somehow selfish, but this is how I managed to, uh, I guess, to grow as a, as a manager in the company. And then that's why I tried to do is with my kids, telling them that hey, there is more than the nurse. There is the rest of the world. I'm going to stop here because that's a subject that passionates me and I can talk hours about it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but that's really, yeah. Okay. I would definitely say I have taken a few nuggets out of this answer. Actually, you have all the questions amazingly. I have taken so many nuggets, actually. Listen to understand. Don't listen to hear. That's, that's, a, that's a such a, you know, I would say this is such an impressive line and this is so right, not it's just for leader. I think this is, applies to any entrepreneur or any business you are into it. If you're dealing with people, this is important to have that skill into you. And listening is not an easy skill. It's not an easy skill. It's, I, I think this is one of the toughest skills, you know, to listen, to understand, not to hear. And accepting people, the way around you, the way they are, you know, and that's, that's the thing in Dubai and UAE. I think that's what we learn a lot. If we have to live a happy life and growing life, we need to accept that first thing that we, you have to accept people around you the way they are and still learn from them by the way they are. I move into my last question here with you. So far, I mean, enjoying the conversation, actually. <laughs> what advice would you give it to a 15 year old version of Hassan? knowing what you know now. I wish he was in the room so he can, he can actually apply those, those advice. But um, the advice that I'm going to tell him is that there is a very fine line hmm. between uh, being ambitious and being arrogant. When you're ambitious, you believe you're good at it. And you believe you can do it. When, when you become arrogant, and that's what you need to avoid, is when you believe that you are the best and no one can do it but you. And that fine line, I think is important to understand and to be self-aware and being and staying more on this ambitious side of the fence is gonna be critical for your own good, for your family, for your, for your colleagues and for the people that you, you, you will cross paths in your, in your life. One thing that I will tell also the younger version of myself is stop comparing yourself with others. You are who you are. 
I mean, you can try to be someone else, but that job or that role is already taken. You can only be you. So try to be the best you, but don't try to be someone else. At some point, I mean, you will miss. You will lack. You will fail. While if you, you, if you are you at all the times, I mean, can go wrong. But you can improve. You can be different, but you cannot be someone else. Another thing that I will tell the younger version of myself is accept your mistake. But accept them genuinely. Don't be defensive. Don't justify. Uh, be accountable. Learn from them. And learn from other people's mistakes that make you not only good, but brilliant. And maybe the last advice that I will say is it's important to take care of yourself. Take care of yourself, meaning that work-life balance. It's not all about work. It cannot be all about life. You need to strike a balance there. And by striking that balance, you need to take care of yourself, eat well, sleep well, and, and more generally, try to be a giver more than a taker or receiver. Because when you are a taker or receiver, believe me, it will stop. When you give, uh, that gives you that satisfying feeling, sentiment that will keep you going. So that's probably what I would tell to the younger version of myself. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I like stop comparing yourself and just keep learning. You have emphasized a lot on this episode about the learning part of it. Keep learning. And yes, you know, whole work-life balance is equally important. And I have seen this common trait between most of the leaders, entrepreneurs. They, they do emphasize on a work-life balance. This is really important part of it, and you also address it. I'm so thankful for having you here on the show and hearing all the things. The time when I think that I think I learn a lot, but that's where people like you come in and just shake me up again. There's a whole lot of things to learn more, Lina. Yeah? There's a lot more things to learn. And like, you know, so thankful to have you here and so humble. I feel so humble towards my core here that I feel extremely lucky that I'm having you here today and having this great conversation with you which is not only me who learn from this, I think our audience are going to be really learning a lot from this conversation. And this is so many meaningful nuggets you have given us today. Thank you so very much, Hassan. You're very welcome. And I wish everyone the best. Mm-hmm.